Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, guys. We think we're live. Let's give it a shot. It's always a delay, but we'll see. I'm just going to spin my wheel a little bit. We'll talk. Jimmy Toscano. <laughs> Welcome Bobby, to the show. Bobby yeah. Manning down below. As you see, have a sponsor. Or a tripod. We've got a sponsor. Oh, yeah. Speaking of tripod. Um, yeah. I'm going to tell you about them a little bit. It's Manscaped. Everyone loves Manscaped. Um, you get, uh, you know, the whole performance package kit. It's it's ready for you. I'm going to give you details on it later. But 20% off, uh, free shipping. Use the code GARDEN20. And that's it. It's all yours. But we are here not to talk about uh, grooming. We're here to talk wow. about the Celtics. We are less than a week out to the draft. It's a really eventful week. Uh, as everybody here knows, uh, obviously you have uh, the big story was the passing of Tommy Heinsohn. We're going to get into that in a little bit. Uh, he's a legend. Uh, everyone's got their stories. Uh, I know Jimmy does. Uh, I do. We both had the uh, we, we both had the privilege of working with him. Uh, I worked with Tommy for ten years, um, and so obviously this is a tremendous <laughs> loss. Yeah. Uh, tremendous loss for the Celtics family, for everybody. He's the one tie we have to all 17 championships. So we're going to talk about Tommy for sure. Uh, we're also going to talk about uh, the NBA draft. Uh, really, only Bobby has any clue what he's talking about. So we're just going to let him talk for a little bit. And Jimmy and I are going to go to the bathroom. Notepad. Uh, <laughs> Look at that notepad. He's Was got it his It's a thick one. We're going to nod. Whatever it is, here's my, here's my draft philosophy. This is how I deal with all drafts. All I do is just get angry. You know, yep. oh yeah, for sure. That's I'm pre-angry. I, there's I'm, more. I'm, there's more booing than cheering on draft night. Right. I just I'm angry no matter what we do, no matter what the Celtics do, what the Patriots do. That's just my mo. I just get angry. Sure. So whatever you say, that's Bobby, fair. I'm gonna hate it. I'm gonna hate All that right. player. All right. Okay. And that's actually a good way to just go through life in general. Yeah. I hate I just... I hate it first, and you got to talk me <laughs> yeah. into liking it. Yeah. Uh, exactly. And then uh, the other thing we've got is. Uh, some interesting rumors. So this is where it gets fun. And we're going to start with it right out of the gate. Uh, right away, uh, uh, you know, the Celtics, we know Danny wants to move. Jimmy, are you all right there, buddy? Dude, yeah. When you see me do this, you know, I'm just adjusting the screen. I'm looking okay, at some your of the head comments. Is bar- you're barely hanging on, though. I'm really Dude, worried about right the top here. of your head. I'm right <laughs> here. Because I, I, I haven't got I just want to make sure I see all of you. Uh, okay. So here's what happened today. Kevin O'Connor, and I'm going to read the little snippet here in his in his in his updated mock draft. He always drops a great great nuggets in here too. These these are gold mines. But here's what he wrote. He said um, the Celtics have offered up their first their three first round picks, 14, 26, and 30, um, in trades to try to move into lo- up up into the lottery. Technically, 14 is in the lottery, uh, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Up, oh, up yeah, higher into the lottery. He wrote into the lottery. But multiple league sources say they intend to reroute that pick to the Pelicans in exchange for Drew Holiday. If Boston is able to acquire the necessary assets, they still need to add salaries to make this work, which could mean dun dun dun. Gordon Hayward or Kemba Walker could be on the move, which is where things start to get interesting. Now, uh at face value, it would seem that uh all of this plus uh, a player 
for Jeru Holiday would seem like an overpay. So you're looking here, Bobby and Jimmy, realistically, mm -hmm. to involve a third team, get more player movement. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't seem like that's the type of deal you can make, which is to say all of those picks plus a player uh, for Holiday when you can argue whether or not even the player going over uh, is, is of equal value. But just what do you guys think of this deal and what would it take to make it work? It makes sense because of the fact that you have two players here in Drew Holiday, Gordon Hayward, who are essentially expiring contracts uh, if Holiday opts out of the second year of his player option, which you know is next year for $26 million. I, I do think you're right, John, that they're going to need a third team to get this done. Now, there's two intriguing players there. The Atlanta Hawks, who have been talking to New Orleans consistently about moving up to that number six pick, and the Indiana Pacers, who continue to be linked to the Boston Celtics in some way. Uh, I think you end up diverting Hayward somewhere else in one of those scenarios and then taking uh, Drew Holiday back to the Celtics and then possibly having, you know, either Miles Turner come to the Celtics. It's going to be complicated. There's a lot of guys moving around here because Drew Holiday makes 26 and Hayward makes 34, which isn't in that salary matching range. Uh, the tricky thing is, though, is Hayward going to be on the roster? I think that's where this gets difficult because he's essentially going to have to sign off on this trade. Right. I don't think he's going to opt in. I mean, if you had the option to opt in, if you he'll do what Robin tells him to do, okay? Yeah, so I think we would have. I think we would have heard it already, though. We don't know what that is. I think we would have heard if he was staying. So Retired. he's gonna opt on and give himself that flexibility. No, I mean, look the, the with the with the numbers here in the cap. I mean, the the, the real realistic realistically, he stands to lose a lot by by uh, by opting out. Unless I, I don't think that deal's there for him this year, but it might be next year. I, I think I think he opts in. Um, and if, and, and if he does, then we talked about the necessity to move him. Um, and so this does make sense if it's Hayward for, for holiday, it does get intriguing though, when you start to talk about other potential players here, um, now, uh, uh one could be, you know, and again, Kevin, you know, Kevin O'Connor mentioned him, Kemba Walker, um, this might be early to jump off the Kemba train. It's really more of an interesting conversation in a bubble about Kemba. Uh, regardless of whether or not you're involved in a deal for Holiday here, whether or not the Celtics would want to try to find a way out of the Kemba situation uh, after only a year. And Jimmy, you're, you're you're shaking your head now. It seems like a rushed move. It seems like, like, what is wrong with us that we can't enjoy Kemba Walker for more than a year here in Boston? I mean, are we that, like, in this world that we're in now? We just are constantly on to the next thing, the next thing, the best thing, the better thing. Like, we're already calling Kemba Walker damaged goods. Like we're already trying to get rid of him. Oh, he's 30 plus years old and you know, the team's younger and they need to, you know, make sure that they're set up for the future. It's like, can we just try to enjoy Kemba Walker and this team? Because when this, when the Celtics, when the previous season just started, these guys were clicking on all cylinders. And I know that the last time we remember Kemba Walker is, you know, he was a defensive liability or he wasn't hitting his shots the way he was. And, one of the storylines was, you know, what's what's wrong with Kemba Walker? Can he coexist with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum? It's like, yes, I think he can. And I think they were kind of jumping the gun here. Look, if people are trying to trade him just to bring in another 30-plus year guard in, in like a Drew Holiday, I don't know if that's really, uh, you know, uh, improvement there. So I think I think what's important to me is let's see if Kemba Walker is healthy. I, I think he will be. Um, this guy wasn't uh, damaged goods when he came to Boston. 
Um, he hasn't been a player that's missed a ton of time over the years, as far as I can remember. And I, I think that he can still contribute a lot. And I think that he is the attitude. Uh, he is a player with the right attitude. So it's not just, you know, what his skills are, but I think his mentality is, I think his leadership is what this team needs. And I think he's a player that the team should consider keeping around. I wouldn't right. just dump him just for the sake of it. Uh, and I'm not, I'm going to give you my take in a minute. But first, uh, Danny Ainge spoke to the media this week, um, kind of a pre, pre-draft um, situation and Bobby Bobby was in on it and he was listening uh, a couple decent nuggets here but one of them was on yeah. Kemba Walker and that got people talking it's again we're talking about um, his health going forward into next year listen to Danny and you tell me what you think here you've talked about Kemba Walker's knee not being right how does this impact his recovery how do you expect him to be how ready do you expect him to be for a training camp that's suddenly going to begin December 1st? And, and then how would you handle him during the rest of the beginning of the season? Yeah, so I don't know the answer to that yet. Um, but whatever it is, we'll be ready for that. And I, I have all the confidence in the world that Kemba will be back and healthy and fresh and ready. When that is, you know, what he's doing right now is very important um, during this offseason. But um, – you know, we know how good of a player Kemba is and what, how good he can be. And, you know, last year was a, was a very unique situation too. And this upcoming year is, is very unique, but, you know, we have to put Kemba's health at the front as a, as a number one priority um, going in. I mean, in regarding Kemba, we have to make sure we got three more years with Kemba at least. And um, we're excited about those three years. He's a terrific player, but yeah, they're, there could be maintenance issues uh, during the off season and early part of the season, but um, at some point he'll be back and ready to go. Okay. Nick. We brought Nick in. So here's, here's what we're talking about here. We got Nick in here. Yeah. I, I, I let him in. He was, he was knocking on the, the door. Boss. Let me in, let me in. So we let him in. Um, no, the truth is we begged him. We all begged him to join. Uh, so here's what we're talking about, okay? Kemba Walker, Jimmy, okay? I, I get it. He was a breath of fresh air. Coming off of the Kyrie Irving stuff, absolutely. Um, you know, uh, the, this was what they needed. Uh, I am – mark me down as one of those guys ready to sell all of his Kemba shares now. Um, and I'm not saying for anything, but I would absolutely – look for the right move uh if somebody were willing to take him to get out of the next three years of Kemba Walker I don't I don't think I want it I, I and I, it's nothing against him I like him I like what he does I like the guy I like the leadership I like his attitude I like that he'll be deferential to Tatum and the kids and he has no ego whatsoever he really was exactly what we needed in a year after Kyrie Irving but this stuff with the knee and his defensive and the and the defensive issues and the way he played in the playoffs, I'm all. I think I'm. I think I'm all set. I, and I hate to rush to judgment so quickly, but one 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 more maintenance year and a not so good run in the playoffs, and that's it. You know, I, I think you've got one shot to sell high ish on Kemba, and it's now or never. And so, I, I would look for it. I think we, we lost Jimmy. So I, you're, I would, you're, you're talking about for this New Orleans deal, right? I would consider not straight up with all of the picks here, uh, you know, uh, for holiday. I would consider it. I would consider it. 
Now, I think the only reason the Pelicans would be intrigued by this is because of the years on Kemba's contract, but they have to be certain he's going to be healthy. And if I look at the situation and the Celtics are sure he's going to be healthy and the Pelicans are sure he's going to be healthy, I want him in Boston. He already was damaged throughout the playoffs and played extraordinarily well, 20 points a game almost. Uh, was shooting well in that Philadelphia series. Now, it kind of came to a halt as the postseason went on, but he was still central to what they did in the early portions of it, you know, through about game four in that Toronto series. He had two bad series. Mm. Yeah. He had he plays two bad series out of three. I, I don't know how much you attribute that to the knee, but I'm not, I'm not on board with – I. I Three years of maintenance. I mean, this is not like it Dude, was the same thing with Kyrie. I didn't want anything to do with Kyrie's uh, health either, uh, let alone the attitude. But Nick, jump in here, Kemba, uh, yay or nay? When Danny talks that way, like you know, um, yeah, right, sure, you know, when Danny starts talking, he's dropping. Mm, there's something more wrong with that knee. Let's face it, he was unhealthy in the playoffs and i agree with john like i can't i can't even say kemba's name and Kyrie's name in the same sentence even though i just did right uh but i i, I don't want to see those two or i don't want to see a similar situation and did we just go through three years and hundreds of millions of dollars of maintenance with gordon i, I i've had it. i'm all set yeah i would sell i wow. i'd sell my shares now and, so and you're, everyone's you're, gonna get mad there was a lot of anger John, Most of Celtics Twitter today was reacting like, "Don't even don't get Kemba's name out of your mouth." Like nobody mentioned Kemba Walker in this deal, and they were offended by the possibility. I'm I'm listening. I'm listening here. I I, I want to hear. I want to I, I want to see what I want to see what they, what could get done. John, I couldn't hear. I couldn't hear you right out right out of age. Can you just real quick summarize what what your oh, take was there? My take was I'm all I, I'm ready to share my uh, to sell my shares of Kemba. Uh, really? I am I'm legit concerned about the knee, and I don't think his I don't think this team needs a Kemba style player right now. I don't think so. What do you think they need more more of a pass passing just like defensive point guard? I I, I mean I would rather uh, I mean like look, a Rondo. No, but I mean, I like Holiday because of his defense <laughs> as well. Um, and so you you don't have to worry about Kemba playing himself off the floor as he as as you know as as happens sometimes, or you know Jimmy Butler just all right, I'll take it, and you know switch 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 mismatch situation. It's not as it would you wouldn't be as afraid there. But I am legitimately concerned about the health and this being a. a I mean, if it's maintenance and breaking down in year one, heading into another year or early season of maintenance, and let's make sure Kemba's right, by what do you got after year four? I'm not interested. I don't want to be around for that. John, the other thing with that, too, is I don't, I'm sorry, Jimmy, I just stepped on you, but I expected Kemba, injured or not, to be a calming force in the playoffs, and that did not happen. I mean, I think in the, the Raptors series, he had that check your heart, you know, moment. But other than that, he was not a calming force. That's probably where my biggest upset with him was. I love the guy. I mean, he's all smiles. He's the anti-Kyrie. He's great. But injured, kind of fell apart in the playoffs. But you, you, Go you can't, Jimmy. I, I mean, I feel like that's a little unfair because that was kind of a new situation. For, not kind of. It was a new situation for Kemba Walker, too, just as much as, you know, some of these young – yeah, he's professional, but that doesn't mean he has experience in that situation. So, again, yeah. he's, he's he's a new he's a new guy on the team. Yeah, and he took 
a bit of a leadership role for sure throughout the course of the season. I think him being, I think the team being away from each other for long stretches changed the dynamic of things during the return. I think playing in the bubble changes things. I'm not trying to make an excuse to them because everyone dealt with the same things, but for you guys to just sit, sit there and say, oh, Kemba Walker's damaged goods, get out while you still can. I haven't necessarily seen enough of that yeah, to this... call him damaged goods yet. I mean, yeah, but he Jimmy, missed some time. Situation he, played, for everybody. he played through, he played through whatever pain he was going through. And I'm also not going to say that his struggles were, were because of his knee. I mean, he was that working would be his more way. concerning. If his struggles weren't because of his knee, that would Why worry would that you be more. more. That wouldn't be no. That would not worry you more. That's just but, a guy uh, going through a rough stretch. I mean, what are they, what are they saying about Pascal Siakam? I mean, they're gonna, are they going to trade him? Are they going to throw him back to the D League for the way he played in, in the series? Or are they saying okay? Sure. Had a bad we'll, series we'll have to we'll have to check that one. <laughs> he was, he was, I mean, uh, Bobby, what are they saying? Yeah, he was at he was. He was next level bad. Now let's talk about what struggles were for Kemba here. 20 points in four of the last six games. He had at least 15 in each game of the conference finals. So labored or not, he was still fighting through it. He might not have been his efficient self, but he was still contributing the kind of offense they needed here. I think if you're in championship. How many times in those post games though, Bobby, were we like, Ugh, what this team doesn't need is Kemba dribbling the ball for 15 seconds, trying to find his rhythm. Like, we've got an alpha on this team, okay? And it's not Kemba. So Kemba, you're much better off with a catch-and-shoot sort of guy than you are with a guy who's got to dribble the air out of the ball in order to find his rhythm and find his way. Like, I like that. We The, the, the strength of Kemba was if other offense wasn't going well, it's nice to have another guy who could create. But he was struggling right. so hard to create his own shot. Uh, late in the season in the playoffs there and I know he it's the efficiency you mentioned that's what that's what worries me there is he was laboring to get those shots off good shots off and even when he was getting them and getting to his spots he wasn't hitting them as consistently it was it was hard to watch not to mention the defensive liability uh, that he presents every single time he's on the floor so we were I mean, we were theorizing, like, are they better when he's – we were talking about in the playoffs, Jimmy, whether or not there's a world in which he's not on the court late in the game yeah, and, and you're using Marcus at the point because Kemba's just killing you. Uh, and I know, I know the numbers will bear out. Yeah. You say that in one sentence, and in the next second you say, why is Marcus Smart on the floor taking these shots? I hate so everybody. Which one, everybody. So which one is it? I told you before this. I we hate everything. Being, and which exactly. one is it? Are we, we were beating are we, up on every player. We were beating up on Jalen Brown for not being aggressive. Can we have a nuanced conversation? We don't hate Marcus Smart. We hate when Marcus Smart takes Shoot. shots. We okay. hate when he misses shots. Maybe no. <laughs> we hate when Marcus Smart takes. No, there shots. were times during the season. Yeah, we do. No, it was getting to a point during the season. He started That's to hate. We don't hate Marcus Smart. <laughs> no, we don't. But but when Kemba Walker isn't on or when he's not on the floor, guess who's taking more shots? Yes. I'm selling my shares. Fine, you sell it. But let me say if one. I let can. me say one more thing. Let me say one more thing, Mister Mister Shareholder. Before <laughs> you sell your shares, if you're Danny Ainge and if you're the Boston Celtics, you got to at some point look around the league and say, okay, what are players going to think of us? Are players going to want to play here? Oh, if we're, if players going to want to play here, are they going to want to sign here? If we're trading uh, Isaiah Thomas, if we're trading Kemba Walker, if Al Horford's leaving, if Kyrie is leaving, is this a place that players are going to want to? cold as hell as, as it is to begin with. This goes back to, to your Tatum okay. thing, John. It's, it's very warm. Just, it's 65 Jason degrees. Jason Tatum going to want to resign here? Just is he going to peel the like layers off that onion. The, the Celtics tried to mortgage their future, probably at the detriment 
of of everything going on with the team to sign that that dirt bag, uh, Kyrie. Dirt okay? bag. They dirt tried bag. everything possible to sign him, even though they knew it was a deleterious uh, effect that he had on the franchise. But they tried. And then Al Horford was like, yeah, hey, I'm leaving too. That's a guy <laughs> they brought in here. So the Celtics aren't doing guys dirty outside of Isaiah, which – 30 out of 30 well, NBA good. franchises, well, we're doing that by Isaiah Gordon. Thomas, okay? It is what it is. Thomas. You're going to huh? trade, trade Gordon next? I mean, you're going to trade – But they Kemba. haven't done that. They've been left at the altar. No, I know, but I, yeah, I get Kyrie that. But I'm just them. saying – Let me – I have never had a free – I've never been so happy. I've never been so happy about a superstar leaving than Kyrie Irving. So let's let, – all right. We're not so going to get into Kyrie again. Let's say no, everybody. I'm just saying it because in the chat room they're saying we're mad he left. I'm this is... happy he left. Oh no, goodness Matt? gracious! I'm just. Wow, if you think we're mad he left, he left. Nobody outside of time. Boston is looking at the Celtics like, oh my goodness, they, they didn't, they weren't able to sign these guys. They tried, they tried and failed. No, but my let's point see, is, would a player want to of... play here? It's just another reason why a player wouldn't want to think about coming here. I mean, even the. That's a good Sorry. point, Jimmy. That's a yeah, good point, is. Jimmy. I also want you guys to consider what the kind of team that would be left over after this, you know, plethora of moves that y'all want to see. Drew Holiday, Marcus Smart, Tatum Brown, and Miles you have no Turner. Shooters. Is that a championship team? Bobby I think that's a worse. Nobody I think, hit a shot on that team. I think that's a worse team than what they have right now. Holiday's better than Kemba. There's no doubt about that. But you, all of a sudden, you believe that. All of a sudden there's you re- no doubt about that? Yeah. Kemba's a bad defender. Holiday's the best defensive point guard in the league. Okay, Thank you. I still, yeah. Okay, I'm not arguing but the defense. You also not remove, smart. if you also remove Hayward from that situation, and that's all why of I'm willing to this That's why I'm willing to listen to this deal because at the end of the day, let's not fool ourselves into believing that it's that big a package. Okay, 14, 26, and 30. You know what that's worth? Nothing. Okay. N- not, not a true completely. I, That's not true completely. I mean, so do they do they want that? That's if not one a of big those question. picks hits, if one of those picks hits John on whoever they trade him to, you're not gonna be sitting I'm there saying still waiting. I'm oh, still waiting. Oh, what a you know, great trade. I can guarantee you that for for one year of Drew Holiday. You don't I'm really done waiting on picks happen. too. And they have to find a way to sweeten those picks because right now, you know why you're hearing this today? All you've heard all offseason is the Celtics have three picks to move up and every single day they're shopping them, they're shopping them. Well, guess what? None of these teams want them. All of a sudden you need a Kemba Walker style player to sweeten that up a little bit because 14, 26, and 30 to a team in the top 10 is useless. I mean, those picks aren't getting them anywhere. That's what I find confusing in this thing is I don't understand the math that 14, 26, and 30 gets you to six. Yeah, it doesn't. I, I don't think it gets you to 12, you know? like. <laughs> well, that was the original infrastructure of this deal that Kevin talked about was moving those picks to get up to six, which isn't happening. I mean, frankly, Atlanta could – You have to get to six to have a, a pick that's attractive enough because New Orleans might be eyeing a particular player. I don't see how you get to six that way. I think if they're lucky, they get to eight, nine, or ten. And even that's a stretch. The Celtics would be fortunate to be even involved in this conversation because all they seriously have to offer here is salary. Maybe the value of Kemba if another team likes them. But Atlanta has the pick. New Orleans has the player. What do the Celtics have here? I don't think it's going to happen. I just don't. I don't either. Mainly because – 
it's it's a worth and the, that's the reason I was listen, willing to listen to this trade. Those picks to me are are close to worthless if, if you're the Celtics. So you're basically looking to get out of three years of Kemba for one year of Giroux and see if you can re-sign him. Um, and, and that would be the deal. Um, I, whether, all I could, not, all I could think about is when the and Grizzlies then, won and that. And then you flip Hayward. Then Hayward wops, opts in and you flip him in a different deal. And that would be the move. I'm keeping that, Hayward. That, that Indiana thing is still in play. If 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 the if oh, all right. let, let, let's, let's thing, get to I would that. that you'd let's still get, be looking at an Indiana deal. Let's get to that Indiana deal because I get the merits of trading Hayward. We've talked about this for three straight episodes now. Why Do you, you guys would trade Jimmy's Hayward? Upside down. <laughs> not, no, not, not from what I see. Is that oh, he's upside down? <laughs> That's the meds they gave you at the dentist. Yeah. They <laughs> upside down. You are. You're Jimmy's just, you know you're upside Jimmy's, down. Jimmy's rotating. <laughs> he's upside down. No. Sorry, guys. I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm. Blood's rushing in my head. Listening to some That's, of the things you guys are saying. Acting like Drew Holiday is like God's greatest gift to basketball, and like Kemba Walker's trash. Like. Why well, don't think Kemba was trash? I feel Drew the same Hall- way so about Miles say- Turner. Like you say, Miles Turner's trash. Yeah, like I-, I tweeted out earlier today. I'm like, hold on, let me get mad. All right, yeah, mad. I like it. Go. I just, I mean, don't sit here and tell me that Drew Holiday is light years better than Kemba Walker. I mean, Bobby's sitting here. Oh, hands down, best defensive guard in the NBA. This guy, though, this guy is. I understand he's an underrated player. I actually think he was like voted like underrated player in the NBA or something. I understand he's good on both ends of the floor. I am sure he's – I know he's a much better defender than Kemba. But let's stop acting like this guy's like a perennial, like, six, seven, eight-time all-star, like, trade, like, the – trade, you know, whatever you can get for him. And, and, like, Kemba Walker is, like, hobbling around on crutches for the rest of his career. Like, it's just not that. Like, we're so we're so conditioned to just say, what have you done for me lately? I mean, I'm pretty sure Kemba Walker had some really, really good games in a Celtics uniform in the first half or before, really before the season was put on a halt, everything was fine and dandy on the Kemba Walker front with, you know, co- you know, coexisting with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Everything was great. I mean, no one was saying, oh, let's get this guy out of town as soon as we can. But I know, but Jimmy, I, my stance is different though. Both things can be true. Kemba Walker was a godsend. It's exactly what this team needed. I loved everything he did. I want to sell my shares now. I, I, I'm looking ahead. I'm projecting and I'm guessing. It's guesswork. But I'm 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 concerned. Uh, Long term, it's going to get. This was the best year that we were going to see, and it didn't quite go as we wanted. And Nick was about to jump in, so I cut you off. Sorry. No, no, it was all right. I just I'm thinking back on it now. What I said about Danny Ainge. You know, if Danny wanted to, it was thinking about moving Kemba. He, the knee is great. Everything's great. Kemba has, you know, and he was just kind of down on it from what I've seen. So, I don't know. I mean, there is some credence to, and listen, Isaiah Thomas, that whole situation, like that was Anthony Davis's dad. You could all thank for that or else we wouldn't still be talking about it. Right. So, like, you know, complaining and AD doesn't want to go there because of Isaiah and da 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 like what a fraud. He wanted to go fraud. One he wanted to go. They had that plan the entire time. If you trade Kemba or you include him in a trade, nobody's saying anything. That's today's NBA. And it just is what it is. So I I I, I, I see what you- Jimmy's saying. I mean, I don't know what the the upgrade is. I do think Drew Holiday The upgrade's defensive. Uh, it's defensive and so- it's also not ball stopping. 
right? Because Kemba does tend to have the ball in his hands a lot. The big thing for me is I know you guys did. Bobby, you throw out all these stats from the playoffs. I couldn't care less if he had zero points a game, but in clutch crunch time, when this team got rattled constantly and they weren't following the plays or Brad Stevens just wasn't calling plays, you expect a veteran playoff ready, you know, playoff experience or not to calm them down. And he was not able to do that. I mean, he was non-existent for the most part. He wasn't the Kemba well, he was during the season. That comes that that comes down to the Brown and Tatum types to be able to step up to that moment because nobody else is going to be able but to. Tatum do that showed his immaturity in the playoffs. So. so yeah, I mean, this team's championship potential is going to be based on their ability to get there. And this comes down to the fundamental question we have to ask about this offseason. Do you want to just add a little bit to the bottom of the team, improve that bench, stick with the team they have? Or blow this up because the way we're talking, we want to blow this all up yeah. around Brown and Hayward. Stop blowing it up. You're moving. You're changing pieces changing on the fly. Pieces. This this is a two. This this is you're building around two players, and you're going to continue to revolve around the pieces around these players, fit, fitting in not just for now, but for down the road. And ultimately, again, we keep like I've been talking about it for weeks now uh, into that 2023 year when you're looking at re-signing Tatum to the, the long-term mega deal. You got to make sure your position to make sure that he stays and he brings his buddies here. And this is the well, location of the super team that they form at that time. So until then, you're not looking to blow it up and win now versus win later. You've only got these I pieces – and you've got these salaries and you and you either stick with what you got, risk Gordon walking and an aging Kemba, or you start to move stuff around and see if you can make it better for yourselves. You have to listen to these. You have you gotta, sure. you gotta consider a lot of this stuff. Yeah, how are they yeah. how are they makes you a bit more expensive after next year for the foreseeable future? And he's not an all-in guy either. Like I like him. He'd be a good supplement to the team, but trading in a piece as gigantic as Kemba for him and then re-signing Holiday to an extension like you would have to isn't great to me. I'm not even I'm not captivated by this Hayward for Turner thing either. That oh, we please, today. I will take that like, out quicker. You're going to have to re-sign Holiday, who's going to be, what, 31, 32, into a, what, a four-year deal? So now you've got a guy that, I mean, you would have gotten That's rid a good of point. Kemba yeah. sooner. So, I mean, what's it going to be, John? You say, They're oh, the same I, age. An aging They're the same Kemba. age. Okay, he's a, you just called yeah, aging, you're, an He's another guy Kemba. who's dealt with injuries, too. But John just said aging Kemba, so say aging Holiday, too, because they're both the same age. And now you want to re-sign Holiday. And by the way, if you want to talk about blowing it up, you're not going to blow it up unless you trade Tatum or Unless you trade Tatum or Brown, really. You're not playing up. But no, because Hayward and Kemba are the core of this team as much as those other guys right now. For right now. Maybe it's only another year or right. two, but, but they're the as important is, as those guys right now. You overrate Hayward so much. This is my last thing. I'm all on board on I w- I want to know what people see in Miles Turner because talk right, about overrating guy. Guy guy. Oh, on on Finish your thought. I got and one get into that. I'm all on board with trading the Pixies here, but if you guys are talking about the future, the future, the future on one hand, and then the next thing you're saying, trade three picks for Drew Holiday, well, what's it going to be? Because at some point, you need to hit somebody in this draft to build around your stars. You can't just no more draft. What about Langford and, and Carson Edwards and Rob exactly. Williams? There's a lot of what about bring Isaiah there. back? Exactly, Bobby. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So those picks are just useless. So you're going to have to try to link in a veteran to make something happy with that stuff if they're going to move up and. If we get to the draft conversation, all right, let's do it. Let's just rip off. Let's rip off the bandaid well, here, okay? I thought you, Bobby, wanted to hit on Miles Turner. Are we are we going back to that later? We'll come back to it. Let's get into the draft, okay? okay? We got four picks. Here's the reality, right? Here's what's likely going to happen: 
No one's going to trade with the Celtics because these picks are worthless. <laughs> Draft picks are always worthless. Everyone's yeah. going to get mad at Danny now for not doing something drastic, even though chances are he, there's not going to be a deal worth making on the table because what you're offering is either one of your core pieces or this this pile of garbage that is pick 14, 26, and 30. So realistically, 26 we're, looking and at, 30. we're looking at drafting at 14 and trading 26 and 30 forward into the future or draft and stash. I think the former is most likely. You trade them <laughs> for a pick, God. somebody else's pick. No three, more. Three draft, years from now, roll the dice at that pick. Is mid, you, that's your hope. You trade, you trade 26 to somebody for their pick three years from now, and you hope that you hit a little bit higher in a better draft. So I have a, I have a strategy Bobby, here, Wait, John. let me ask you. If they stand pat, if they stand pat at 14, who do you like? So I think the guys who are definitely going to be there uh, are Tyrese Maxey, Kira Lewis, uh, Green, Achua, and Jalen Smith. None of these guys blow you away. So I think what you're going to have to do here, and my idea is instead of trading up into the lottery, condense 26 and 30, maybe with a piece, a player, whatever, to get up to, say, 17 or 18. So all of a sudden you can double dip at 14 and 17 or 18 to try to get two shots here. Out of this group, I like Kira Lewis the most. He reminds me of Terry Roger. He's a 6'3 guard. If we're talking about Kemba having injury concerns, you want to have a guy better than Brad Wanamaker, Tremont Waters, those kind of guys who has some bursts, who can score double figures, who can defend, assist, all that stuff. So he's going to be the best of the best of the guys that we're certain are right there. I think what gets interesting is those guys that I sent you as move-up potential, John, uh, Devin Vassell and Isaac Okoro, Killian Hayes, who – could be the best player in this draft, according to Kevin O'Connor. They get right to that 11, 12, 13 spot. It's the same thing as last year with Tyler Hero. Hero. The Celtics are at 14, and everybody you love, including a guy Goodman loves, like Sadiq Bey, who is a 3 and D guy from Villanova, they all go off the board before the Celtics come up at 14, and all of a sudden you're just kind of left with scraps at that 14 So that's spot. my question, Bobby. If 14 doesn't get you into 6, into six 7, or 8, which I think is a pipe dream, can 14 get you – can 14, 26, and 30 get you to pick 11 in, um, to yeah. get one of those guys? And if that's the case, is it worth it? So, I mean, this brings us back to Kemba. New Orleans has 13. Do all of a sudden – they get up to six, we get up to 13, and pick a guy right there that we love. Um, I don't know if San Antonio and Sacramento are going to be willing trade partners. Phoenix is at 10, and they're trying to get Chris Paul, so I'm sure that's where that pick's going to go. Uh, so <laughs> New Orleans is the hope. Like That's the one hope. If there's a guy who's there at 13, can you flip up to that spot? Is it even worth it to do that in this case? I think you just stay at 14, try to double dip up to 17 and 18. Because like, unless Devin Vassell is sitting there at 13, which Kevin O'Connor thinks is going to happen, like I don't think there's anybody who blows you away at 13 either. So I just don't see the move-up potential here. Like Detroit's going to stay at 7 unless they can offload Blake maybe somehow. Uh, Atlanta is going to be trying to get someone at six. Drew Holiday is a potential there. Um, all the top three picks are trying to move back, but they're not moving back to 14. So the Celtics are pretty stuck at 14 for the second year in a row. All right. But if, uh, if the Celtics had like last, like with Tyler Hero, I mean, if there was somebody that they really, really were high on, so, theoretically it would be easier for them probably this year 
to move up than it was last year because of the number of picks yeah. they have, or are you saying they're just worthless picks? Regardless? They're worthless. Like 26 <laughs> and 30 might as well be second rounders. Like, you know, what, yeah. what, what, what right. are you going to get there? I think when it comes to trading up, you try to, like, I think of the Luka Doncic, Trey Young deal, which was what, like three for five? Like the other team gets a pick in that same similar range where they can pick another guy they like in that same range. If you're bumping back from six to 14, all of a sudden you're in a whole well, different I'm, tier. I'm talking 10. I'm talking like 10, 10, 10 or 11. Yeah. I mean, the, the tricky thing there is you run into teams that are also trying to trade up or get a guy in those spots. So, like, they're, what, what, here's what you could do do you throw in a Rob Williams? Do you throw yes. in a uh, Romeo Langford? Do you yes. throw in a uh... – so all of a Isn't sudden you're talking about so moving sad. players. Like yes. one year later, Romeo Langford is going <laughs> yeah. to in. Ugh. I'm so, all right, I'm not giving your... up on Kemba, but I am giving up It makes up me want to cry. <laughs> there's, your, there's your answer, Jimmy. If they throw some players to these other teams that those teams like, and Rob Williams and again, is that guy, I think he still has some value. Sell but, high. Right now, there are teams out there dumb enough to think like, well, Langford might have just been – The uh, tricky thing about Langford is he's hurt. Like that's what kills his value. The tricky right thing now. about him yeah. is he sucks. Oh, that's yeah, I was just gonna say that. That's what I was gonna say. I held back. Well, that's the tricky the thing. thing about Langford. He's always been hurt. It didn't stop Danny Ainge. That's what I was gonna say too. Hold on. Yeah, his his value might be better that, right now. Guys, I gotta we gotta pay some bills here, okay? Um, so we want to tell you about Manscaped. All right, that's our sponsor. Everybody loves Manscaped. Uh, so hang on while I tell you everything you need to know about him. Uh, it's uh, our friends here. This is the Garden Reports brought to you by Manscaped. And they're here to remind you to take care of your biggest grooming and hygiene needs from head to toe. The all-in-one Manscaped performance package kit his knees and delivers, toes. delivers the best tools. Right, your if, you're me, if you're me, you need it head to toe. Um, delivers the best tools to shave your entire body, including the family jewels. <laughs> That's right. So it's for your most <laughs> aggressive... Most aggressive hair below the waist, the new Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer is a must. It's waterproof, advanced skin safe technology to reduce nicks and cuts, and even has a light to help with your close shave down there. Oh, wow. In the dark. In, In the, the crevices. The dark crevices. Yep. Right. <laughs> with those hard to see places. Uh, Manscaped went one step further and just released their Weed Whacker ear, nose, and hair trimmer. Uh, as you yeah, wait, wait, I'll be right back. Don't forget to whack the weeds upstairs. Uh, the performance package also includes <laughs> a crop preserver. That's deodorant for down below uh, to protect against chafing. Also, the crop reviver. Uh, which is a toner, uh, keeps your boys fresh at all times. Uh, and wow. I guess it's vegan and cruelty-free and dye-free too, so that's pretty good. Smelly feet, we've got the foot duster. Um, Want to smell good everywhere? Cologne. Nick? Cologne. Nick wears the cologne. They sent me this extra large manscaper. I'm not sure why. Yeah. This is full of like manscaped stuff. Yeah. So we could give it away. Nick's wearing Nick wears the cologne even though he doesn't leave his apartment. He just like put it on my jewels. Yeah, on my jewels. Um, So let me tell you, we have to tell you about the deal though. Okay, Uh, on top of everything, they'll throw in a shed travel bag to carry around all of your goods. So how do you get this? Twenty percent off, free shipping when you go to manscaped.com and use the code garden 20 once again that's manscaped.com use the code garden 20 for 20 percent off and free shipping your balls will thank you 
balls. I got all these manscapers. Like it's like Christmas here. I'm all out of breath. I can't even see down there anymore. I got so fat during quarantine. All right. Is this guy okay? Can we um, mute him and block him? Yeah, I'm trying to get him out of here. I don't know how. <laughs> Stop surrounding there. You're like a child. Dude, Nick, Nick, nobody asked you to go get that and like open it up. Like, what is this? An unbox? Like, nobody asked you. To- <laughs> I know, but like, it was, I didn't get anything for my birthday, and then this came in the mail. And I was like, holy cow! We literally lost twenty percent of our viewers in the last five minutes. Who, yeah. who wants a manscaper? This will be the um, last thirty. The last sponsored. Uh, yeah. So before, before we before we get off the draft, the three guys I'd love to and see. Bobby wants no part of the manscape. I own one. That's why. Oh, Bobby! <laughs> All right. I'm already a dedicated user. The three guys I'm looking to trade up for in this draft if they get a chance, if they start sliding. Onyeko Okongwu, who doesn't seem like he's going to slide at this point. The hype is caught on with him, and he's as high as three in some of these drafts. Uh, a possible upgrade on Robert Williams, who is already well into his development, whereas we're still waiting on Rob Williams. You want to have a center for the future because Daniel Tice is going to be gone soon. Uh, Devin Vassell, I love. He's a 3 and D guy from Florida State. He shoots a 3 at 42%. He defends like Marcus Smart in the tape I've seen. Like The intensity, the, the eye for the ball, the positioning, all that stuff at 6 Seven rather than six three, just uh, you know, and then uh, you know, third among that group is because professional player since fourteen, a step back jumper, shot creator, crafty passer. He could run that second unit, and he's a guy for the future for this team that you can legitimately say he's the next guy. He's the guy we're looking forward to into the future. And if you're trading up, that's what you trade up for. Did you say professional since he was fourteen? Yeah, he's from France. His dad went to Penn State. Um, moved to France to play professionally and then, you know, had a kid and the kid started playing professionally in Spain, uh, in France. This draft has a ton of overseas guys. There's like less, there's less college guys than ever before. The next Yabuselli is out there, guys. You just got to be lucky enough to grab them. You just got to be able to grab them and stash them. That's got to grab them. You can stash them. And if hide you have them the 30th everybody. pick, you can do that. <laughs> um, all right. So, uh, that's all the draft talk that I can possibly, um, handle. Um, are we, we're going live on draft night, right? We are going live on draft night. The most boring night of all time. Oh. Like I said, I'm just going to yell at everything. I, I don't like any is of that it. that next Wednesday? When is that? Wednesday. Six okay. days so away. Be... Okay, I'm going to say this, though. We can't possibly go live for the entire four hours of that boring-ass draft. That's we're going to jump on after they pick or trade. We're, so okay. anybody out there watching, that's what we're going to do. We're going to be on call. And when something happens, we're going to jump on. We're going to react to it instantly. We'll do something at the end of the night to wrap it all up. Um, we're not going to be here all night long, but we will be doing stuff uh, on Twitter and CLNS Media and Celtics Blog and all that good stuff. So uh, definitely stay with us on draft night. We will have comprehensive coverage, and we'll jump on with Garden Report draft night specials on and off throughout. Anytime something interesting happens, we'll pop up. We'll talk about it. Um, So we'll be here all night. Um, We do want to move on and talk about our man, uh, Tommy Heinsohn, the legend. Uh, I know Nick, uh, Mr. Superfan here, is probably taking it harder than anybody. Um, Bobby's a superfan, man. Uh, Bobby as well. And again, look, Tommy Heinsohn, his contributions to the Celtics, to basketball, to, 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 to all of us are immeasurable. He's the one link we have to all 17 titles um, we had. Uh, and he's been around 
forever. And any of us, and I said, Jimmy and I had the had the good fortune to work with him and get to know him a little bit. Um, so I'm just going to kind of go around the horn here, and everybody can just talk about what it is that they, uh, you know, are, will miss most. What the, their stories, anything you want to say. And on Nick, I'll start with you. Put me on the spot. I mean. He, Tommy's Mr. Celtic, right? I mean, growing up, we didn't say we're going to watch the Celtics. We said we're going to watch Tommy and Mike. So, and we all knew he was sick. I think he's been kind of pulling out, pulling, you know, back together and getting healthy again over and over in this past year. And, um, man, I, I just know the last couple of years seeing him in the press room, man, he just looked uncomfortable, you know, so. But when you think about Tommy, the one I think is, and John, you're probably in the same boat as me, as much as I think about Tommy and Mike, I also think about Brent and Dick Stockton on the CBS broadcast, which would be hilarious because Tommy would try so hard not to be biased, and he was over overly biased. And uh it's that it's like one last link to red, you know, the old school players. It's 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 a part of you feel that legendary mystique when you walk in 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 Boston Garden. And, and that's a piece that's gone with the old garden now. And the other thing is, don't discount. He, he was there when Russell, you know, uh, they banned. They, they went home because they couldn't eat in that restaurant when they were on tour. So he, he had a lot to do with supporting those aspects as well. And uh, He's a Bostonian, man. I mean, if you just think of Boston, Tommy Einstein. Nick, the union angle, too. Like The, the union, union he was the first player. Wasn't he the first Players Association president, I think? Yeah, they did the all-star boycott. Like, he's everywhere throughout history. Very, very brilliant man. Oh, you don't see that side of him. Loved Winston Churchill, you know, and he was a great painter just like Winston Churchill. So Tommy's really missed. I mean, as much as you prepare for it, I feel a void, you know. I mean, games are going to come up. Who's it going to be now? Who's going to be? Is it going to be Scal? Boy, he's got big shoes to fill, literally. That's my Tommy tribute. R.I.P. Big man, Tommy yeah. Gunn, Tommy Ock. Jimmy, you knew him a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to pretend that me and Tommy were tight, but I mean, when you were, when I saw I, you guys out. Well, yeah, when I, you know, first of all, I I grew up a Celtics fan, like you know, you guys and. You know, the one thing that Nick kind of touched on is, you know, even if you didn't never had a chance to meet Tommy, you knew Tommy because he was there on the couch watching the game with you and your family or your friends through some. Listen, I grew up as Celtics fan in like the like late 90s, early 2000s. There were some dark, dark times as a Celtics <laughs> fan there. And, you know, listening to Tommy and Mike and, and being a part of the broadcast in that way was was awesome. It made the games worth watching when typically sometimes they, they wouldn't be. So, I mean, Tommy's a legend. I mean, the one word that jumps out to me is passion. I mean, nobody was more passionate about the Celtics than Tommy Heinsohn was, whether he was a player, coach, broadcaster. I mean, he lived and breathed Celtics basketball. And then, sure enough, you know, flash forward to, you know, my first big, big job in sports media was at CSN New England, uh, now NBC Boston. And I used to work the desk. I used to work nights. And, you know, there was a time, you know, where Tommy stopped traveling with the team and he would go into the studio, watch the game. A lot of times I'd be watching the game, you know, could be right next to him. And it eventually got to the point where they started a CSN Twitter account in Tommy's name. <laughs> and we kind of rotated watching the games with him and tweeting what he was saying while watching the games. And <laughs> trust me, we had to... We, we had to, 
you know, put our own words in some of those tweets because we couldn't exactly tweet everything that he was saying, but he's fired up all the time. You know, the last, you know, I'll, I'll, you know, I remember him as just a always, you know, passionate, fired up guy, funny. And it was just such a honor to, to just like be able to hang out in the same vicinity as him, you know? And I, I tell people, it was like, he kind of felt like my, my seven foot grandfather at, at times, like just like this legend, just walking through the halls. He was like, okay, that's, yeah, that's Tommy Hines. So just walking by there. So it was, it was cool. And I was obviously, you know, super sad to hear that he passed, but kind of got the idea that he wasn't doing too well when he didn't, you didn't see much of him this season at all. So yeah, um, you know, it's in a better place now. Before you move on to uh, to Bobby, when we all like were at the age where you kind of we still were able to see games where Havlicek would be there and JoJo would be there and Satch would be there, Tommy. You know, you had that kind of Celtic vibe, and now if you really think about it, it's Max. Who's left? I mean, Nobody, Bill really. Russell's out in Seattle. Sam Jones hasn't been back yet, I don't think. KC's yep, not well. Yeah, so who's left from the uh, the legendary alumni? <laughs> Red's probably rolling in his grave, but it's Cedric Maxwell is the, 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 the lone legend left. Hey, we'll take him. We'll I'll take him. him. No problem with Max. Tommy, that's why Tommy's like one of a kind. There's really nobody else like Tommy mm-hmm. because you're not going to – even like – Current day, I don't even know if you can even find a, a player to that magnitude, a player, coach, broadcaster that 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 matches what Tommy meant to the Celtics. Yeah, Tommy, I don't, certainly not in Boston. So mm-hmm. to do um, all yeah, three I, things, we'll yeah, to do it. all those three things with one team is unprecedented. To have nothing in between, no other destinations. I heard on a podcast yesterday that you know I almost took a job with another team after getting uh, fired by the Celtics as mm-hmm. the head coach, uh, but he stuck around. And that mm-hmm. presence, that longevity, those are the two things you hear about him that were just unmatched. And it's amazing that Max is even able to approach that, you know, being mm-hmm. the player here, being the broadcaster, um, and then, you know, still going for all these years. I think the fact that he was able to reach the 2010s the way he did, that sixth mm-hmm. decade, like that's what really took him to the next level. Because for my generation, you know, the generation that grew up knowing him as the broadcaster and like the second half of his broadcasting career, you know, we, we don't buy into, you know, these figures, like whether it's networks, whether it's, you know, institutions, you know, we, we kind of just do our own thing. It's the memes, it's Twitter, it's social media, but Tommy still found a way into that. I mean, he was doing weird Celtics Twitter stuff with NBC at the end. Like, you know, people who watch the Celtics at my age still knew him as well as anybody who watched him in the yeah. 60s. Like, once it reached that sixth decade to a generation that's hard to captivate, to, you know, keep paying attention to one thing, everybody who grew up watching the Celtics my age still knew Tommy and is frankly as sad as, sad as anybody that, that uh, he died this week. So, like, it's amazing to me, like, the way, the way he would complain about the calls, we brought in the pickup games, the way people would just get frustrated with things. Like there are so many things he added to the basketball dialogue in, in Boston. Yeah. Uh, and then right to his very last year, the Aaron Bean shower thing. Like that was, <laughs> that was all anybody talked about all year. Yeah. 
Tommy's <laughs> yeah. including Aaron. Tommy's extremely lucky that he's he he got a, he he was of that generation where he can yeah. get away with saying a lot of things. Yeah. Um, now but, that 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 goes to players too. Yeah. Like, was every Celtic player on this current roster best friends with Tommy? Not really, but there was a guy, Marcus Smart, who was very close, and yeah. that says a lot and about Tatum. Smart. Yeah, 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 but Smart, you know, you saw Smart's tweet about him. You saw yes. the interactions those two had. Like, Smart buys into the Celtics lore well, so that's, that's dying a little bit. I saw, I saw Tony, Tony Allen on a podcast today, and he was saying that he and a bunch of those guys on those teams would – would they would be fighting for the Tommy, Tommy points? Tommy yeah, Paul Pierce said same thing. Paul Pierce said the same thing. No, Perkins, sponsor gimmick thing, you know, like whatever that we just capitalized yeah. on the Tommy point and the Tommy award. And they loved getting Tommy points because it was like Tommy thought I went above Dude. and beyond, you know, and they loved that. So, like, we used to- they knew he was there. You, you also heard other players talking about how uh was it pierce talking about it was like a sixth man because you had a guy yeah. who was yelling at the refs so you didn't have to do it so you wouldn't get teed up so he, he yeah. was like an extra player on the court just letting the refs have it you'd be like yeah that's right listen to tommy you know um and then then they, they didn't have to go in on those guys but i like what bobby said with his perspective um that the reaching that younger generation it is amazing because like i mean I'm the oldest guy in this room, and like Tommy Heinsohn to me was a national broadcaster. That's the first time I, I'm joining the Celtics world post Tommy coaching, you know, uh, career. None of us were around to see him really play or coach or be part of the organization. He was that guy, and he still is this just indelible. Just he, he's got this mark on the franchise. It's just so clear. You're just you, you're born into it. You know, you follow the Celtics and you yep. know exactly who Tommy Heinsohn is and what he means. And that's not the same for, for every player and every person who played way back in the day. Tommy Heinsohn kind of transcended that generational thing where it didn't matter at what point you jumped on the Celtics train. You knew exactly who Tommy was, why he mattered. And it wasn't one of those like, and again, we worked with him, Jimmy. When he walked in, it wasn't like, oh, I roll. Here's that old guy. There was reverence, right. you know? And it oh, was yeah. kind of a jokey, fun thing. But it was like, here's Tommy. And it wasn't just that guy who was still hanging on, doing a job because nobody wanted to tell him like, okay, enough, big guy. He was an asset. He, he was still performing at a high level in his 80s. The young reporters would sit around him and just wait for him to talk so they could right. glean and get, to get some info off of him. And they couldn't, they would just hover around him, especially like sitting in the Red Arback room there and watching the game. A lot of the reporters would just be like, so what do you think, Tommy? And they were getting a lot of info and stuff off of him. So people loved being around him, not just for the presence, but for the knowledge for all of it. I mean, it was, uh, you know, he's, like I said, it was a transcendent figure. Yeah, that, that was the thing I was going to say is, you know, if you ever watched, you know, CSN at halftime or post game, and Tommy was on, we didn't give him any notes. We didn't give him a script or any. I mean, he, he, his basketball knowledge never left him, you know, up to the last show he probably did at the studio. Right, John? I mean, he, you know, he was constantly sharp with, you know, what was going on in the games. And anyway, as he should be, I mean, basketball is his life. But I mean, it was just like you said, John, I mean, these guys were, you know, we were all like picking his brain about things because he's just a legend. And I, the one thing was above. 
I was going to say, I love that he never took that. This game sucks. These players don't have what we did. Like, he never took that approach. Now, was his analysis kind of old school? Run the big men up the floor, push the pace, that well, kind that of stuff. Well, that is the way basketball should be played. Yeah, like, I get, yeah, you're right, Nick. I guess, like, his his perception of the game Bobby, like, fit the modern mold. Raptors super fan here. Uh, yes, I mean, it is that door for so long. <laughs> this fan, if you don't acknowledge him, Bobby, I think he's going to have a heart attack. Abdu, right. um, of course, we can't pronounce it, but no, well, he's been he's been at it. Toronto, I hope, thank you for joining. We miss you guys like crazy. I'm not I kidding. hope you guys get to keep the Raptors next yeah, year. Yeah, we already. He did have some old school thinking and a lot of times you know i mean jesus he's never i don't th- the foreign almost caused his retirement because he, yeah. he, just, he just couldn't pronounce one friggin name taco how about, the, how about the way you pronounce taco 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 john remember back in the day when tommy would do play-by-play and coos on the road coos would do color yeah it was like a shit show oh my god no one knew anyone's name the, the accents, it was scary. One thing somebody posed to me this week, two or three times on different shows, was who represents the Celtics more? Who embodies the Celtics more than Tommy Heinsohn in the franchise? Because you're like, like, you got every reason you guys just mentioned six, seven decades. No, you could say Bill Russell, and I agree, but Bill Russell hasn't I don't been around in 40 yeah, years. I think it's Tommy. I think, I think it's, it's Tommy. Tommy. We just talked about, I mean, Bobby, I mean, you're part of the younger generation. I mean, do, pe- do people your age resonate more with Tommy Heinsohn, the, you know, the bro- being, uh, being around the team and the broadcaster, or do they think about all the championships Bill Russell won back in, you know, the, the 50s and the yeah, 60s? It's, I mean, it's, it's Tommy. Bill hasn't been around, you know? And hey, Bill's been around shy about not wanting to be Red Arback, but anyway. That's not diminishing what Bill Russell or Red Auerbach have done. It just goes to show you that Tommy Heinsohn is he's he's bridged the gap. He's completely bridged yeah. the gap from when he started until to when he passed away. I mean, he he is like when you think of the Boston Celtics. I mean, I think he's got to be in every knowledgeable fan's top three first people you think of. And honestly, I, think so. I think Tommy's a huge reason why the Garden is a really tough place to play with the fans. I do too. My my friend my friend Nick actually texted me this. He's like, dude, Tommy. Tommy had me growing up thinking that every ref was out to get us. And like, I actually still think to that, think that. And that still day. exists. Yeah. And, and yeah. Like, that's like when, when, when the ref screws up, like, the TV garden, like it's rigged. They hear it. I mean, they, they, they totally is Trump. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, literally though, I mean, you grow up thinking like they're out to get us, you know, all of a sudden yeah. like they announce the referees tonight and you're like, here we go. Here I we love go, it. The NBA. I, this favorite, is would be this. My favorite topic would be this. Yeah. Topic would be this. Uh, something would happen instinctively he would be like that's a yeah. terrible call yeah. and then they oh, replay it you got and it you could see that he was totally wrong and he was following him all game you know he never you know, this is a greatness he'd never eat one he never ate one he'd never be like all right no. I was wrong he got him I no. love I love the way no. he brought back the word bogus like that just bogus <laughs> <laughs> great word started in this doing the Celtics late night show there was Mike, the Scotsman monger, and he was like Tommy. And they used to say, I screamed like Tommy. Everything was about Tommy, you know? So like you guys said, I mean, it, it's there's no question. I think he's Mr. Celtics. Yes, Red Auerbach. But Red Auerbach to the younger generation is now might as well be Babe Ruth. 
Red Auerbach's a legend. Tommy's like a living legend. Yeah, Tommy's like your grandfather, man. I mean, it's just so hard. And I, my heart goes out to Mike Gorman. 40 years. I mean, Tommy and Mike, they were like Benifer, right? They were the same name, yeah. you know? So I just, I, my, watching, and I will give my hats off to NBC. They did a great job paying tribute to him yesterday. And Gorman just broke me up, man. I mean, those guys... Hey, relish it while you can, Celtics fans, while Gorman is around, because that's a that's a national treasure. I hope he doesn't retire. Yeah. Well, guys, we've we've spent an hour here, and it was um, you know we gave Tommy his due, and I I don't think we're done talking about Tommy Heinsohn now or forever, because like I said, he's you know statue's got to be coming someday. Right? Uh, they're, they're talking gonna, about it already. They're gonna name like a wing of the garden after him, I think, at some point. So here's the hard part, John. Right before you the cut. tunnel. It's so ironic because Tommy, and it just goes for 2020. Tommy's biggest connection, okay, 10 championships, underrated player, the Players Association, coaching, red, everything else. But Tommy's biggest takeaway is his relationship with the fans over 50 years, 60 years. And here we can't pay tribute to him at the Garden. So I'm hoping the energy for Tommy and the love is still there when everybody gets back in the garden in 2050 and we're all there, you know, paying tribute, right, re-raising his number. I'll tell you what, what you whenever, whenever we are allowed back in, it's going to be very loud, a lot of mm. fun. And Tommy's definitely going to get his, his fair, you know, more than we, he's going to get his night for sure. Jimmy, we got KG too. KG's got to get his night. Yep. Yeah. There's a lot to look forward to. And then okay, we can have the Ray Allen debate again. Yeah, again. Rondo is now the one they're talking about. Come on. Um, Bring him back. Right. That's going to do it. Bring him back. Uh, we are going to give one last shout out uh, to our fellow <laughs> Nick, please. Nick. Nick. <laughs> Nick. It threw him off. I couldn't go. concentrate on the read. It was great. Oh, <laughs> uh, God. Like, one thing if you were going to bring the product over. Guys, we got the people have to hear this. We, oh we, yeah, yeah, we're gonna get it, and I want them to hear it. Twenty percent off, free shipping with the code Garden Twenty at Manscape.com. Twenty percent off, free shipping, Garden Twenty Manscape.com. Shout it from the mountaintops. Okay, go get your kit or head over to Nick's house and he'll share. He's only used it once. <laughs> <laughs> On my face. No, yeah. If you tweet it, Nick, if you tweet it, Nick, he'll send you one, the one that he. Didn't I'll send you a shirt. I'll send you the box. I'll send you, you know, at CLNS underscore Nick. It always smells like ball powder. That is the cologne I wear. It's BP it's ball powder. Puts it everywhere. He puts it. He's actually yeah. He actually kind of go ahead. Kind of is just the you just kind of give off that that you just are that you are just walking ball power. I'm powder. a walking ball powder. Yeah. yeah Doopy powder, they used to say. Now ball powder. <laughs> kind of how you're built. All right. That's oh, thanks. We're over an hour. We're good. We're back on draft night. We may do something else again later this week um, if we have uh, time. Uh, it, oh, certainly, if any news changes with the Celtics. Um, the trade moratorium ends Friday, I think, or Saturday. Mm-hmm. So we'll learn a lot more in the next two days. So that's the thing. We may come back a Saturday, Sunday with some more news. So keep it here. Uh, follow us on clnsmedia.com. Subscribe Celtics uh, Celtics All Access on YouTube. Follow Nick Gelso, uh, CLNS founder. 
uh, and Twitter machine. Uh, Jimmy Toscano, Bobby Manning, Celtics Blog, and CLNS Media. Uh, we will see you guys next time. See you, Toronto.